Hello. Hello. We are trying remote recording again. It's not being successful other times we've done it because the audio goes shit, but fingers crossed because I went out yesterday and have had a bad muscle or something. Oh, no. Which resulted in throwing up the whole way through the city centre, back to the train station, and the whole way on the train. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Awful. I realised it was, like, that bad that quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is why we potentially don't have a Patreon episode, unfortunately, this week, because I literally... I've kind of... I feel a bit mean, but (laughs) I've kind of, like, insisted we try and do the episode strong armed me into it i'm lying in bed at the moment all you have to do is like listen and just react a little bit like gasp at the right place (laughs) Uh, like our first week of the new year we couldn't put an episode out i'm like no i was just like this is the worst timing but yeah we (laughs) need to get it done (laughs) so we will try and if you just like fall asleep and i'm just talking it'll be fine (laughs) <laughs> I'm hoping I feel better. We're meant to be having people over later for a charcuterie board, and I'm just like, oh, oh come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, my literal ideal night, we're having yep. games, charcuterie board, and that, and I'm just like, I oh, need man. to be better for this. Yeah. Are you feeling better than you were? Or Yeah, I'm not feeling sick so much now. Like, I've managed to eat and drink and stuff. It's oh, okay, just, you have kept stuff down. Yeah, it's just my chest and my, like, stomach, throat valve thing is just yeah. so painful. Oh, no. But, yeah, hopefully you feel all right, and yeah. then the charcuterie can, like, help you feel better. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Is like, I'm, I'm really hoping I'm even at the point where I can just be like, I'll try and see how it goes, because it may yeah. be then it distracts me, mm. which is good, like, because then you're not focusing on it. Yeah. Just don't have anything too, like, rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spicy. Yeah. Oh. oh, God. <laughs> Let's try the new yeah. super hot Domino's pizza. Yeah, just treat your uh, stomach kindly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was so, um, as well because it was a cheese and wine tasting last night that we had to leave ooh. through. Oh, like, God, yeah, you had to leave partway through it. Yeah. No, and it's cheese oh. and it's wine. I was like, yeah. God, so. <laughs> <laughs> I would be there for the cheese, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, Everest. Yes. Week two. Um, I have a slight confession to make to you all that this has become a three-parter. I am very (laughs) sorry. Um, But I just couldn't, again, the way that I find everything interesting meant that I couldn't fit in the actual what happens at the summit or of Mount Everest into this episode. So, Well, we don't even get to the summit. No. Oh my god. (laughs) I was so just like, okay, we get- we'll, we'll probably be doing to his journey back down and what goes wrong and oh my God. And then it'll be week three, his final descent and yeah. his life afterwards. <laughs> week three is kind of like the summit and descent. <laughs> so, um, okay. <laughs> everyone's going to hate me doing like wilderness episodes. Right? <laughs> You're just bang on about nature. <laughs> <laughs> If you want I'm to sorry. get straight to the descent, wait till next week. <laughs> yeah. This isn't going to be like all of my episodes, okay? Like, most of them are going to be 
this one's just sort of longer because there's a lot of the like whole expedition most yeah. of my other episodes i promise will be more focused on like <laughs> just the actual sort of case <laughs> but it's because i read his book and so he had loads of it like loads of detail in the book and i was yeah. like that's interesting that's interesting that's <laughs> my problem when i read the books on cases and i'm just like oh i've never heard that before i didn't know about that well that's interesting yeah, exactly. to me so i should put it in yeah and yeah i'm like whenever the podcasts we listened to were like oh we didn't do that because we didn't want to drag it on i was like no put drag it, it on <laughs> i want to know what you thought what okay. happened like, i'm sorry we've ended yeah. up doing a two-hour episode no do it three hours if you've got the material yeah, they're like i know they're like oh we haven't co covered this stuff because we didn't want to be doing like a six-hour episode i'm like i would love that yeah <laughs> please do i want every single detail that would be amazing when like you've got a long journey or flight or yes oh my i'm just like i'm going to be so bored on the flight to florida in like mm -hmm. not long not two long, months. like two months oh my god no. that's so exciting yeah I'm not... don't eat any seafood i know <laughs> i was also like where do i sit because in I don't yours. like a window seat. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I was like, in this plane seat? <laughs> like, no, I don't like a window seat because you're too close to the yeah. outside and death. Mm. But it's a long flight and I want to be able to just like chill, go to sleep, eat, watch. I don't want to like have an aisle seat, have just dozed off and someone asks to go to the toilet. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't want to be on the end. But then if you're like me, mm. I couldn't be by the window because I'd be having to make people get up all the time because I need the loo all the time. Yeah, I'm dreading I'm like it. I'm mum. I hate that. As I get older, I just notice I'm turning into mum. Right? Yes. <laughs> I drink hot water. I need the loo all the time. <laughs> I, like, I fall asleep when I'm reading at night now like she does. And I yeah. always laughed at her for that. I was like, how? And now there I am like... I wake up and I'm like, my nose is hurting because it's been like pressing into the book. <laughs> I'll be reading my Kindle at night and then I'll just like drop off and mm. you, it will have like clattered to the floor. <laughs> oh, it must be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but, but yeah. It has me thinking maybe the middle aisle, mm. one of the aisle seats on the, that middle yes, row. Because then nobody has to get you up because they could go like the other side. No one has to get me up. And at the same time, I can get up without disturbing anyone. Yeah, that would actually be good. And then also, I kind of like the middle. Because yeah. it sort of feels less like you're on a plane. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what you I'm can thinking. Ignore it. Yeah, that and would people tend to book them less, so I may get a spare seat next to me. Oh yeah, that happened to me on the way to Japan. It was so nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, <laughs> yes. On to week two, because everyone's like, for fuck's sake, you said you weren't doing a catch up episode, and now you're just catching up in the main one. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, so that does remind me of something I meant to say to you, but I can do that another time. <laughs> now I need to know what. Oh, just because, like, you know how we follow lots of, like, sort of fitness influencers, I guess they are. Yes. Clusters, even though that word makes me just be like, <laughs> <laughs> There's another really good one that I've been following recently called um, Stephen Campolo. Okay. And it's, like, a man, which is really nice, like, because he's actually – not that it's not nice to be following the women ones, but like it's yeah. nice that it, I don't know, I feel like that's more unusual to have yeah. one who's a man who's like properly 
it feels like at least from what I've seen, like properly into like the sort of holistic, like health kind of journey ah. and sort of being really like, it's not just all about like jacking yourself up on protein and yeah. stuff. Like he suffers from binge eating disorder. Oh, interesting. So it's all, like he really comes at it from more of like the angle I've seen more women. Yeah. Health and fitness. Um, and like, I don't know, I've just found his stuff really interesting. I thought you might, um, find yeah. them the same. There's would- another one as well that, um, I watch sometimes that, um, my friend who's a sports massage therapist, she recommends. Yeah. And it's a guy, but he does lots of talks on that about women's fitness and stuff and how ah, you have yeah. to take into account, like, where you are in your cycle and yeah. your healthy eating and you can't always eat, like, as you say, like the lots of veg and all this and that, because mm-hmm. what you need changes depending where you are on your cycle, yes. your, your like strength changes, your strength ability and... changes, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, oh, and that's awesome. He focuses on how you shouldn't be comparing like weight or ability week to week <laughs> because that changes so like much like it does change week to week because of your yeah. cycle but you yeah. should be comparing like week two of your cycle with week two of your cycle yes oh that's actually really interesting yeah, yeah that's he, what i really like about this Stephen campolo guys like yeah. because he has an eating disorder and with me being somebody who struggles with eating disorders like yeah really like he's really open and honest about you know his own struggles and how to deal with being on like a health and fitness kind of journey but also dealing with that as a real thing like he's really honest about those difficulties and sort of he's really honest about like you know oh you know I had a relapse yesterday but this is how I'm dealing with it and getting back on track and stuff fascinating oh Mm. I have to check him out yeah he's he seems good I'm hoping it isn't that I just haven't seen any really awful content from yeah. him, but like, he seems good from what I've seen. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, you know, yeah. it all seems good. Brian um, Dickinson. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, welcome back to week two of three. <laughs> so we left Brian last week at the airport after a tearful goodbye to his wife and two kids. Um, and once checked in at the airport, Brian met up with a work friend called Chris. Yeah. Because um, Chris was wanting to hike to Everest Base Camp, so they were going to hike together. Okay. Um, it would take a couple of weeks and be more than 10,000 feet upwards in elevation from starting at around 7,000 feet. See, I don't like hills, so no. that is not a journey for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm good at climbing hills. Like, my, I don't know, even though Troy does a lot more physical, like, kind of, like, working out, like, muscle. Yeah what's the word I'm trying bodybuilding that's what I'm looking for he for some reason he gets like thigh aches and stuff going up hills whereas I can just like truck right to the top without it yeah because it's an entirely different set of muscles you're using for hill work like my muscles seem to work all right for that but I don't know why (laughs) yeah so um I guess you do a hell of a lot of walking with the dogs and there will be yes it's not we're like in an area that's so flat but there will be small changes as you are walking true and I've done a lot of like cycling so like I've got quite good calves yeah I really struggle with cycling because it's a whole new set of muscles and I'm just like I get so tired 
Melody, when I was going to see her for my tendinopathy, she got me to do like calf raises because I had given myself like hamstring tendinopathy <laughs> as well. Um, no, not hamstring, um, Achilles tendon, <laughs> tendinopathy, yeah. hiking. Um, but she said that like when I tense my calves, the opposite set of muscles to like normal are like activated or that's something. That's so weird. She was like, that's unusual. Like most people don't have those muscles like activate. That's so, so weird. Yeah. So I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I would probably maybe be quite good at hiking Everest if I didn't hate heights. Yeah. <laughs> Physically, I could do it. Just mentality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Brian and Chris's group was being led by a uh, person named Bill. Okay. Who they joined in Bangkok. Um, <laughs> that always makes me giggle as a person. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after skyping his family, which is like the first thing he did, which is really sweet, um, and then going out to eat brian struggled with the jet lag so yeah he, i like, couldn't sleep so he kept busy writing he, he was writing for climbing magazine um oh, that's cool yeah he was like documenting the trip for them i'm like why can't i have people ask me to write when i do stuff yeah. <laughs> um and then from bangkok they had to fly to Kathmandu in nepal Okay. Um, not Naples. <laughs> no, no they're not flying to Italy. Um, from the plane window, they saw Everest. Like you can see it out the plane window as oh you're going gosh. to Kathmandu. Yeah. And its summit was level with their plane. See, that's not, that's uh, at that point, I'd be like, yeah, no. Yep. It's just like, what the fuck? You are <laughs> flying a plane at the height that Everest is. Or I'd be at. like, could you just let me parachute out now? <laughs> So that I, I don't have to climb it. Yeah, until your brain explodes from the altitude change. So. That's horrific. Yeah, Didn't I mean about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is a reason that they pressurized the cabins in the <laughs> um, Yeah, he said it was just awe-inspiring and also kind of terrifying at the same time. Yeah, so I'd get the terrifying. I'm not sure I'd get the awe-inspiring. Yeah, the gravity of the challenge that Brian was embarking on, like, really sank in for him at that moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, he couldn't really believe that in about 45 days, he was going to be standing at that point that they were flying level with. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he did wonder if he was truly ready for it. But I guess at that point, you're kind of, you you need to at least try. <laughs> I guess it's like kids, are you ever really ready? Yeah, exactly. You don't know what is actually the reality of it is. That's so you true. can't be ready. Yeah, that is a very good point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in uh, Kathmandu, Brian and Chris met Saga, their Nepalese guide. Yeah. And they like drove through the busy streets to their hotel, which was called Hotel Yak and Yeti. I love that. I know. <laughs> Like that is the sort of name that would grab me and I'd be like, I don't care what it's like. I just want to stay there. I want to stay at Yak and Yeti. Yeah. And we went to Scotland. I didn't know what it was like as a pub or anything like that, but I insisted we went to this place called The Hanging Bat. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, just because of the name. Yeah. Was it also good? It was actually good, yeah. Ah, There's another one really we went to as well. It's like the Devil's something. Mm. 
Do you remember that garage that we lived right by that was called the Devil's Hand Basin? Yeah, it's still there. That cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that was a cool name. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yak and Yeti. <laughs> yes. So they were at the Yak and Yeti Hotel. Um, and then headed up to their rooms where Brian again rang Joanna to check in as soon as he oh, could. Oh, I love that. How like, yeah, he's just, like, in touch he is still with them all. Yeah, and constantly just updating them on like how everything's going and where he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian's bags for the trip were two duffel bags weighing 50 pounds each. See, I don't get what a duffel bag is. Uh, you know, like a sports bag, like uh, a gym like, bag. Yeah, kind of like that, but like a, a weird call of weekend bag. Yeah, yeah, or like um, okay, a um, like a hold all. Yes, okay, yeah. cool. Because I've so, read it, I've read it like in Goosebumps and stuff like that as a kid, and it was just like they put the duffel bag in their cot, and I was just like, this literally doesn't make sense to me. Like, any of yeah. these words, it always makes me think of the duffel coats that we had to wear. Yeah, and like, <laughs> when they horrible. say their cot. I'm guessing mm. it's like a metal camp bed, but to me, yeah. it just pictures a baby. <laughs> like a crib to yeah. American people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they were £50 each and filled with various layers of clothing and jackets, <laughs> um, climbing gear. He had two sleeping bags, uh, one for up to minus 20 degrees weather and one for minus 40. I'm... <laughs> Again, just probably really ignorant, but why couldn't you just use the minus 40 one all the time? Uh, I guess because then you would be too hot in the lower, in the higher temperatures. I like, not just sleep with nothing on. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I get really hot in sleeping bags, to be fair. I always have to have it unzipped so I can like stick a foot out. Yeah, so, I don't know. could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess and then get frostbite. <laughs> um, he, I don't know. Had... To me, I think I'd rather be hot than take two sleeping bags. But <laughs> <laughs> I also well, don't get as hot as like you or Joshua. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like I am always cold, but then like I can warm up really easily once I am warming up. Like I don't know. Yeah, no, I can't. I feel cold to mm. myself all the time. Yeah. But, like, I seem to not radiate my heat inwards to heat my core. I just, like, share it outwards. Yeah. I have no ability to, like, hold on to warmth. No. Like, if I'm – I can be warm, like, I don't know, under, like, a heated blanket. Yeah. And then if I get up and go out the front door, that yes. is, like, instantly I'm cold. I can like, be warm under a heated blanket, but then if there is a breeze on me, that's it, I'm cold. doesn't matter yeah. about a heated blanket. Yeah. Like, my toes and my fingers, I think, are pretty much always cold. <laughs> like I I do remember I having to use a hot water bottle, and it was, like, August one year. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Brian also had goggles, because, um, obviously, you need some good eye protection up yes. on the mountains. And Otherwise, like your the- eyeballs just freeze. Yeah. And he'd also had to like try and fit in all the tech from work that had he'd oh, been supplied. God. Yeah. So like he was very tight on space. Yeah. Um, and like I know he was needing to pack really light, but he only took four pairs of socks and one spare pair of underwear. Ew. Which, like, that really freaks me out. 
<laughs> that really do- that that's not enough to last like two months no like the idea of being dirty and smelly for two months would make me so like that would bring my mood down so like, much in a way that is more of a like oh, what's the word like reason not to climb everest than the physical like yeah. struggle of it and <laughs> no. the height yeah, like if I'm feeling stressed or like down, having a shower or a bath makes me feel like so much better. And then putting like clean clothes on. Yeah. Like I can't, I don't think I could do it. Oh, he wouldn't get that feeling for two months of like going, having a bath or a shower and then getting into like a fresh sheet changed bed. And I just changed the bed clothes today for like tonight. And oh, I'm so excited. Jealous. <laughs> I love that. Nothing is better than getting in a fresh bed. No. At the moment, like, we've just recently put on, like, the teddy fleece stuff. So we've got a teddy fleece sheet and a teddy fleece duvet. I would love one of those duvet sets, but Troy would, like, Troy would literally melt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's hot all the damn time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so cozy. Oh, I want one. (laughs) um oh yeah brian also had a mini laptop with him which i guess like that was pretty quite good technology for back then yeah is that like what we'd view as like a notebook now yeah um he'd put like films on it for when he was acclimating for all those like weeks of just sitting at different camps yeah and it also had pictures of his wife and kids on it so sweet like he just seems a lovely man yeah um, and he also had a bunch of snacks for energy, which included a case of Snickers bars. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, which I approve of. Like, I Snickers are my favorite chocolate bar. No, they would kill me for one and two. I hate, like, why would you put nuts, peanuts with chocolate or with, <laughs> like, in the, what is it, like, the chow mein or whatever? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Oh, Satay sauce, no. The only good use of peanuts is to eat as a snack. Do you not really like peanuts in stuff? You don't like like satay sauce or peanut butter anyway. No, that's gross. Oh God, satay sauce is so good. And like, I literally eat tubs of peanut butter like with a spoon. Oh, no. <laughs> when they put those chopped peanuts on the top of noodles, why are you ruining it? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I am um, like line a day diary. Uh, it was sometime this week I had like an entry come up <laughs> from two years ago where I was like yeah. I've eaten one and a half kilograms of peanut butter since uh, Christmas a, a month ago. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> um, yeah so he was well stocked with Snickers bars you would not have gone near them no nope. <laughs> so um, that night they went out to eat at a pizza place called Fire and Ice that again is so cool yeah, that's the thing. I put the names in for these places because I was like, they're cool. And yeah. also, I, I always like knowing the places so that if I'm ever around where these things happen, I'm like, I could go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Brian like noticed whilst they were traveling through Kathmandu, just like how much poverty and pollution there seemed to be, sadly. Yeah. Um, according to research I did on the economy in Nepal, uh, it yeah, it's like really not a very developed um, country, unfortunately, like for the people who live there. Uh, it's got a lot of economical insecurity. Um, and like importation and exportation is the majority of their economy. Yeah. Um, and like the government 
in the past apparently hasn't really necessarily implemented policies to improve the conditions a lot of people are in like there's really poor public transport infrastructure and like agriculture is responsible for the majority of exports but they're like almost entirely reliant on the weather for like growing like they don't have like fertilizers and stuff so and also like illiteracy is really high in nepal and poor healthcare. There's a lot of diseases that we just don't really have over here now, like malaria, tuberculosis, cholera, and typhoid. Still. Oh my god! Yeah, the ones that, like malaria, I think. Yeah, okay. Like you know, if you go somewhere yeah. less, not even less developed, but like more exotic than here, you yeah. expect to. You, you're aware of it, but the other yeah. ones, you kind of like typhoid and stuff like that like in my head that's like oh it's victorian disease yeah exactly so yeah it's just sort of unfortunately for a lot of the people it just they don't have that health care and no uh but additionally though because i think it is really important to not just sort of i don't know from a western perspective almost make it i don't know in a way kind of be like oh poor poor other countries that aren't like us yeah sort of like pity them yeah i think also additionally which I think we don't have so much here anymore because we're, I don't know, (laughs) our society has its own massive issues. Um, Additionally, Nepal is just like a culture really rich in arts. Um, Oh, that's cool. They have so much sculpture, painting, and like music and dance is like a really popular pastime there. Yeah. Like they're so in touch with sort of being more like, I don't know, they feel more like communities. Yeah. Like we've lost that, I think, a lot in the West. Yes, and we have lost touch with being with valuing creativity. Yeah, art. Yeah, and definitely, I think, and I think you see it so much. Like when you've got kids or things like that, or you're a bit older and stuff. It's just like there isn't. There's like you have your nuclear family, you have your extended family, but there's. None of that community raising the children and community feel and yeah, which we need. Like we're not we're not as an animal evolved to be so isolated no. like we are now. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and from what I read, uh, oh yeah, so Hinduism and Buddhism are like really popular religions. Yeah, that's cool. they're very like I, I always. Uh, think of them as being very like art rich religion very art rich and very in touch with community and like relationships and Mm. yeah what's the word i'm looking for like um balance Uh, yeah balance of everything life more because it's actually like part of nature rather than i don't know sometimes christianity to me from what we were brought up with feels more like, yeah, you do this because you're scared. You're scared not to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is not going to be the case for every Christian or every sort of branch of Christianity, but that's just our experience from what we grew up with. And I think Buddhism and Hinduism to me is very much as well about the support and the community and Mm -hmm. you enrich all of that, not just you looking out for your own life. It's part of living a good life is, what you the support and the relationships you have with those outside of you or your nuclear family and yeah exactly Um, and also from what I read like the conditions in Nepal are being worked on as well it seemed like the government is maybe sort of there have been other elections and stuff in there they are 
trying to improve sort of conditions. So, yeah. So but I just wanted to put a little bit in about sort of Nepal's economy there. Um, I yeah. found it interesting. Um, I want to, again, I guess, kind of situate these this country so that it's more than just a destination that Westerners go to climb a big mountain. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Um, but anyway, Brian, yeah, saw a lot of things that distressed him for the people living there. And the next day, um, he already actually had a trip planned with the Cisco Systems Philanthropic Group to visit an orphanage in Kathmandu. Aww. Yeah, and he was taking the children, like, toys and other gifts. That's right. Yeah, like, the visit to an orphanage to do that is something he said he'd done on all his other climbs. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I think that, again, like, he seems such a nice person, like, yeah. making that effort to say, when I go to these places, I'm going to do something good for people who are there. I'd find it so hard to go to an orphanage and not be like, I just want to take all of you home. Yeah. And just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the visit, uh, yeah, was even more special as well, because, like, not that, uh, not special exactly than his other visits, obviously, but, like, even more... It was different to his other visits because using that like video equipment his work had set him up with, yeah. the children were going to virtually connect with other groups of children around the world. Um, oh, so cool. Yeah, and they were carrying up a structured science project using like lolly sticks and rubber bands to make oh, nice. uh, musical instruments. Oh. Yeah, and he said like a lot of those kids had never had their own toy. Like, ugh. No, see, no. Yeah, like, oh, that's making me like tear up, God. Um, so, yeah. I'm used to, I know it's so stupid, but, like, when, to be fair, when all the kids have been little and it's like you do, that they start understanding Christmas mm-hmm. and everything like that, I always, like, feel so sad sometimes that just, like, because it just hits you. It's just like I'm giving you such a like good christmas and there's yeah yeah, and there's other children that aren't and it's just like i just wish i could do it for everyone because every child should have this Mm -hmm. exactly yeah like although (laughs) our family has its issues and always has done i think christmas was always still really like magical yeah yeah um yeah, the part of the orphanage that Brian was going to, um, it housed three to 16-year-olds. Oh, um, and their parents were in prison. Um, yeah. At least at this time, Nepal apparently had no foster care system. Oh, so God. when parents were sent to prison, their children would end up just having to go with them and just grow up in prison. Jesus. So Yeah, so this was sort of obviously like working to not, to sort of educate them and try and give them a future as opposed to whilst their parents were serving their sentences rather than just trying to do better than it's not great at all but it's better than what it was like exactly it's a step in the right direction yeah um so everything went really well with the visit despite some technical issues because there were power cuts um and the kids were just like over whelmed with the toys so yeah um so i just thought that was a really nice this is the thing i kind of put stuff in here that it's not really related to the climb but (laughs) i think 
it, it just shows what he was like as a person, like yeah, exactly. what is like as a person. <laughs> yeah, is. He is still alive. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> also, this bit I put in here because I did not like it. <laughs> Whilst in Kathmandu, and I do apologise, I'm not going to pronounce the Nepalese names right at all. Uh, Brian also visited Swayambunath. Yeah, um, it's the most sacred Buddhist site in the Himalayas. And it has another name, which is the Monkey Temple. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you yeah. hate monkeys. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I'm terrified of monkeys. And there were monkeys, like, all over the site. I would love and it. No. Brian was told, specifically, do not make eye contact because it will anger the monkeys. It's, okay. like, challenging them. That's scary. Yeah. But he tried it anyway. And <laughs> the monkey came just, like, charge <gasps> oh my god so i'm never going there ever um no said, like i love monkeys and like when we we're in costa rica and i like literally got to be right next to that capuchin yeah. that was incredible <laughs> i know i remember sending you the picture and you just being yeah. like why the hell are you doing that yeah. but <laughs> a temple full of aggressive monkeys it doesn't sound yeah. fun no <laughs> he did say like luckily it stopped because otherwise he probably would have like screamed like a little girl <laughs> um anyway the following day which was the uh 3rd of april they got up at 3 30 a.m nope <laughs> yep for a 5 a.m flight to lukla um, that is horrible yeah the airport at Lukla uh, is called the Tenzing Hillary Airport, I guess after the first people to definitely summit Everest. Yeah. Uh, and it is one of the most dangerous airports to exist. Um, yeah. I don't <laughs> has, like flying. <laughs> it has the shortest runway in the world. Why? Just build it a bit longer. They can't. Because... At 527 metres long and only 30 metres wide. Hang on. That's yeah. that's half a kilometre. That is not that long. Nope. Uh, it has a steep drop at one end of the runway down the mountains. Why? And rock face at the other end. So, like, it can't be longer than it is. Surely <laughs> they just... could use stilts and stuff and extend it and big giant what? metal pylons would you want to be like on a plane that's landing on just like a kind of bridge over a chasm i'd rather that than on a <laughs> runway that's too short and you're going to go into the rock face or <laughs> yeah. you're not going to we'll take off it. yeah um the runway wasn't even paved until 2001 how, how does a runway work that doesn't have I don't know. <laughs> Surely it has to be paved. I don't know. Um, oh. According to the internet, uh, this is a quote of what it said, because I was like, I can't be bothered writing it in my own words. I'm going to, because why, when it's just fact. Um, only experienced pilots who have completed at least 100 short takeoff and landing missions have over one year of short takeoff and landing experience in Nepal specifically, and have completed 10 flights into Lukla with a certified instructor pilot are allowed to land at the airport. That sounds horrible. Yeah. So at least you know, though, that they are well equipped to, they're the best people to be landing there. They're the best people to be landing there, but I don't think anyone should be. <laughs> Not considering they have to have it that rigorous. Exactly. Yeah. Shit goes yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, so, yeah. 
what if your tailwind's a bit too strong and it pushes you like too fast and you boom oh, then you pray <laughs> <laughs> you hope that you visited the monkey temple before yes God. <laughs> yeah um so yeah uh brian and chris uh they'd met up with a few others now to form a party for traveling to base camp yeah and at the airport they met some of their sherpa team as well uh there's a sherpa called pasang who brian is still friends with oh he sounds so yeah he sounds so cool yeah when um brian saw him for the first time uh at the airport he was wearing designer jeans a brown leather jacket and aviator sunglasses. Oh my god, that's yeah. that's the look. Yeah, he was just like, okay, this guy is definitely who I want to hike with. Yes, he sounds brilliant. Yeah, um, and then there was also uh, their really strong trekking guide called Pumba, which just makes me think of the Lion King. Yes. So yeah, but that was a really so yeah. Pumba and Pasang were meeting them. Uh, partway through the flight, which was in this really janky-looking plane. No! <laughs> yeah. Brian says he also felt really unnerved because he looked up <laughs> and the pilot was just sat reading the newspaper with the plane on autopilot. <laughs> I mean, I suppose they probably do for most of the journey. They're there yeah. to take off and land, but... But when you're, like, flying through the Himalayas, like, yeah. Be like, um, you want to be looking out the windscreen or... Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, soon, though, very soon, uh, they had landed in Lukla safely. Yeah. Um, and they're now 9,383 feet above sea level. Yes, it's done most of the climbing for them. Oh, yeah, they've only got 20,000 more to go. Exactly. They're a third of the way there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd be a good, like, motivator, I guess. <laughs> um, so they started their trek properly with five miles from Lukla to Fakting, a little village. Yeah. Um, they saw loads of these animals called, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, Zo, um, which they weigh 500 pounds, and they're like a kind of cow-yak hybrid kind of looking thing. Okay. Yeah. So they said they saw loads of those, like, as they hiked along, being, like, herded and stuff. Um, they had to cross a suspension bridge with a 100-foot yep. drop into a river. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, they stopped for lunch, which was fried rice and potatoes, and then an apple pie for pudding. Oh, delicious. Uh, yeah, I love apple pie. Um, they had to cross another bridge, in fact, before reaching the tea house they were staying at that night. Um, and Brian ordered a pizza for tea, so which I wanted to mention just because, like, he ate a lot of pizza. Um, okay. He said he knows it's not like exciting; it's not like eating the kind of local food, but he was planning to just eat like pizza, soup, rice, or potatoes, like anything familiar, to yeah. ensure as far as possible that he wouldn't have what happened to you and get food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> so. And yeah. also, like, carbs will be so good for what you're about to do. True, yeah. Um, when they continued the next morning, which was a six-mile journey today, so, like, they're not travelling too far at a time, but I guess when you're at a higher altitude, it's harder. Yeah. Um, the Sherpas, he said, were carrying about 100 pounds of equipment each, Ooh. which he felt really guilty about. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, they use like forehead straps to kind of like take a lot of the weight. That which... sounds horrible. That would give me a migraine. Mm. Yeah, same actually. I've struggled to even wear like a hat sometimes because it's just, I don't know, that pressure. It's too around tight my around my head. I have to take it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why? Um, they crossed another metal bridge, which this time was several hundred feet above the river below. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was decorated with prayer flags, uh, which I think is cool. I bet that looked really pretty. Um, and also terrifying. What, what are the prayers for? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> People tie one on before crossing. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And then they were on to what Brian describes as a fiercely steep trail, uh, switchbacking up the mountain. Um, he climbed up sort of ahead of everyone else. Um, and rewarded his completion of the climb uh, to this place called Nanch Bazaar with a Coke and a Mars bar. Nice. I mean, I'd be down for that. <laughs> yeah. So he sat and ate and drank them whilst reading a book, waiting for the others to catch up. How bloody quickly did he do it compared to the others? Quite. You kind of get the impression throughout this that he is a very fast hiker. <laughs> I have a feeling that he's quite an overachiever. Uh, yeah. You and him would probably kill each other by just like the competition of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um so yeah the uh view over the valleys and the mountains he said was just like breathtaking he kind of yeah. like believed that he was in this place um they stayed at nanch bazaar for two nights um there is an airport nearby it's the highest airport in the world um, is there a reason why they don't fly into that one? Yes, okay. they used to. Um, but it's at too high an elevation um, to safely land at and suddenly be at that elevation. Um, oh, okay. So it screws with people. Yeah, people flying in suffered so much altitude sickness and some people actually died. Oh, my um, God. From the shock of just that sudden elevation that, yeah, it's not used for people who are climbing Everest anymore. That's bonkers. Oh, my yeah. God. I know, yeah. Um, after two nights, they set off to Ting Bosch, I think. Um, just as a quick aside, so before they switched the airport, yeah, there are people deciding to climb Everest, which mm -hmm. is madness in itself. But then yeah. on top of that, they get told, the airport that you're flying into, you're either going to be horrendously ill or if you're really unlucky, you may die. And it still didn't put them off. Um, basically, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, people be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Special breed that do that shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they went off to Tingbosh, uh, which was their next night's stay. And uh, one of then the Bill, who was sort of with the party. Yeah. Um, who I mentioned before, he was sharing a room with Brian. Yeah. Um, and Brian just noticed that he had been really badly sick in the night. Ooh. Which is a possible sign of altitude sickness starting. Hence the name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that was not great. I mean, with what I went through last night and today, I feel for Bill. Yeah. He uh, insisted that he was fine, though, and just, like, pushed on. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Though one Out of, of the everything... Other nausea and sickness is the one thing that will stop me yeah exactly i can't deal with it mm -hmm. 
All it uh, makes me want to do is crawl under a duvet and cry. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. One of the other hikers in the party, they did actually stay behind to acclimate further with her Sherpa team because they were feeling quite ill. Um, it's quite cool that you can just be like, now come up with the next group cause, and just yeah, give exactly. yourself longer. Yeah. Like, it's good they are sort of being sensible with that. Yeah. Um, to get to Tengbosh, uh, there was a two-mile hill with a 2,000-foot elevation gain. That's a 1,000 feet every mile. Yep. And I don't know how many feet are in miles. No. I, um, oh, I did know. Um, I want to say it's like a thousand... I think it might be like a thousand... No. How many feet? Hang on. I'm going to look this up now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just like... Because that, that could be like a foot of elevation every foot. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's going to take um, forever now. <laughs> how many feet in a mile? 5,280. Okay, so it, every five foot you're going up a foot. Yeah. That's quite significant. Just like, that's more like, I, I don't know if that can be called a hill. No. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as before, uh, Brian set off ahead, just getting into his own zone with some music on his iPod. Yeah. It took him about three quarters of an hour to the top. What? Yep. And he sat and wrote in his diary as he waited. <laughs> um, and he was, like, rereading uh, some messages from Joanna inside Aww. it. Yeah, that she'd left him. And, yeah, just to put this into perspective, it took him 45 minutes. Yeah. And everyone else arrived at the top about an hour after him. Oh, my God. So he did it in over double the time. like Half double the, the time. Quickness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, crazy. Wow. Um, yeah. So he is in shape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if uh, I was him at that point, I'd be thinking, if these people can climb Everest then I've literally got nothing to worry about. Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> um, it started snowing as they completed the final stretch of that day's journey. Aww. Um, and once again, it was a pizza with some soup for Brian's oh, tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just imagining dunking the pizza in the soup. Oh, yum. Oh, I've got yes. pizza for tea tonight when mum comes over, so oh, I'm excited. Oh, what sort of pizza? <laughs> um, have you had pizza from Bigger Napolitana in town? No. Oh my god. Oh no, hold on. Yes, we did well because oh, I ordered a calzone. Ah, oh, they are just incredible. Yeah. Like they are so good. So we're getting it from there because um mum is coming over for Ian's and Troy's birthdays. Oh lovely. Yeah. So I am so excited. We're gonna have pizza and board games. So we're kinda like doing almost like your evening. Yeah, <laughs> but we're doing charcuterie instead of pizza. Yeah. Oh both sound good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um i did kind of condense some stuff like there were various other trekking days like this just kind of going between tiny villages yeah uh, at one point the sherpas insisted on stopping at a monastery for a good luck puja or like sort of ceremony oh um and quite a few members of the group were suffering from like some effects of altitude sickness oh, by now sounds so that meant that progress slowed a little yeah um symptoms of altitude sickness 
are so like headaches, feeling and being sick, dizziness, yeah. tiredness, loss of appetite, shortness of breath. Apparently, they're usually like worse at night. Oh, um, and the NHS describes it as similar to that of a bad hangover. Oh God, that sounds horrible. Yeah, I know when it gets really bad as well. Like confusion as well can be part of yes. it, and like anxiety and. Yeah, and if it's not treated, it can lead to yeah, like life-threatening conditions affecting your brain or lungs. Um, it can turn into high-altitude cerebral edema, <gasps> where That's like your brain's bleeding, uh, brain swells. Oh, by the lack of oxygen. So yeah, and that is the symptoms of haze, yeah. as it's called, so it's shortened to, is headache, weakness, feeling and being sick, loss of coordination, confusion, hallucinations. Yeah. And they, the dangerous thing as well is most people suffering from it don't realise that they're ill. They don't, like, yeah. notice it. And, yeah, it can develop as well over a few hours and be oh. fatal. So, like, it can, it's really it can important. really quick hitting. Yeah. If you've got altitude sickness, you need to take it easy and like go down to lower altitudes and yeah. stuff. So yeah. Um, but yeah, this obviously then, yeah, meant that their progress slowed a bit because of that. Yeah. Uh, so after a few days of this, they did achieve 16,000 feet elevation. Wow. Um, yeah. And they went past the Everest Memorial. Uh, which is a memorial on the path made of stones for the climbers who've died on Everest. See, that would, again, freak me out. Yeah. Brian said he did try not to look at it too closely because um, he wasn't really wanting to dwell too much on it. But, yeah, at the same time, he said it wasn't like it scared him. It just, like, reinforced his determination to assess, like, every risk as he went. That's so. I'd yeah, I'd be freaking out seeing how many there were. I yeah. there were a lot. Yeah. I'd just be like, no, this is not, no. Yeah. Uh, they stayed in a place called Le Bouche or Lobuch uh, that night. And then they were properly heading to base camp with one more night before they reached it. That's cool. Yeah. Brian said he still felt really fit and strong. He had no signs of altitude sickness. Um, and at around 17,000 feet, he like had signal. So he called Joanna again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like he just seems such a good partner. I love the fact that like he was still like checking and being like, Oh, can I call her? Have I got signal? I and then know. it's like, as soon as yeah. she does, he's like, right, that's it. <laughs> like their relationship gives me hope for the world. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. I thought you'd like their relationship. That's why I've kept like putting those bits in. Yeah. <laughs> um, they stayed it in a place. It shows that not all relationships do end up turning shitty. Exactly. Because <laughs> um, we have not had be... great examples of relationships. No, we haven't. And also <laughs> that like you can be different and do things separately, but that doesn't mean that you're yeah. like if you're feeling isolated that's still that's not right like you can yeah. do things separately and still be sharing it yeah exactly yeah um because i think yeah we've both probably had experiences where people have acted like oh you're doing something that is for you how yeah. what is and shitty awful person you are exactly and then like i've had definitely experiences of wanting to still have that communication when partners are doing stuff and them acting like i'm being unreasonable yep. and sort of just going awol for days at a time so, yeah and then yeah. like oh why do you have such an issue nothing happened really well then 
yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i also have major major health anxiety about the people i love so like yeah hmm. not knowing if you're alive or dead is really great for me also also but, quite a bad trigger yeah yeah um, <laughs> but yeah but no no because like my previous relationship it's just suspicious that i seem to always have freak outs when certain things happen like I... i'm putting it on not that it's a trick <laughs> i know you've got anxiety well why do you always have anxiety over this specific scenario yeah convenient no. what anxiety like... is i know it's just like i'm so what <laughs> Oh, but anyway. Um, oh, moving on to Brian and um, Joanne's amazing relationship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Brian uh, and everybody stayed in a place called Gorak Shep that night. Cool. Which, the name means dead ravens, which feels ominous. That's cool. Yeah. I feel but, like for people climbing Everest, maybe stick away from the whole dead death theme. Yeah, especially as this is the last village before base camp. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Even know. the ravens here are dead. Yep. Um, people were really not well by now. They were, like, throwing up through the night. Um, and the next day, Brian had a thumping headache. Why would uh, you put yourself through this? No, he describes it as feeling like, quote, a ton of bricks being pressed into his head. Fun. Yeah. Um, he didn't let this stop him from pushing on to base camp, though. He just drank a load of water and took some meds. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But he had to go slowly, though, now. He was pausing after every step to breathe. Oh. Um, which was sort of like a preventative measure. He yeah. called them, like, rescue steps or something. So it was sort of like to, to mean that he didn't get over-fatigued. Yeah. Um, the route to base camp is decently flat from Gorak Shep, though, thank God. Oh, so you're not sort of going up in elevation. And no. I'm guessing once you're at base camp, you'd stay there a while to acclimatise anyway. Yeah, you do. So it's like, um, oh, may as well get there because it's no yeah, higher up. That's true, yeah. Um, as he was walking along, sort of in his own world, though, Brian heard shouting from up ahead and screaming. Oh, and look. He looked to see a rockfall coming <gasps> down the mountain directly above where he was walking. Fuck that. Um, he and ran. also, that's so fucking lucky he was taking those like rescue, rescue steps. steps. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. he'd be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was directly sort of over him. Um, he ran just praying and managed to get further along the path just in time to not get crushed. Jesus. Um, yeah. So that's great. I mean, he said he looked back and literally it was like just an avalanche where he'd been walking. Oh, my God. Yep. So, yeah. Um, but the rest of the day passed fine. <laughs> um, and at last they stood at 17,598 feet in base camp. Yay. Yeah. So um, there were a bunch of other groups there spread out around the camp. Uh, and there was also uh, the medical tent in the middle. Yeah. Because they do have a medical facility there now. They didn't always, but they do now. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And there were more of their Sherpa team there because some had gone ahead to prepare the camp for them. Yeah. So uh, their group had a dining tent, which was stocked with hot drinks, a heater and snacks. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, an outdoor toilet, um, an outdoor shower, uh, which was equipped with, like, solar-powered warm water. Okay, because so. I was going to say, why the fuck are you taking a, like, 
shower up at that height. Yeah. Um, and they had a two person tent each complete with a foam mattress. So it was like luxury. Yeah. And um, like with the shower, just quickly, like I'm fixated on that. Like, you know, in the winter when you have to step out of your shower and you're yeah. into the cold, how oh, awful yeah. it is. Oh. Just imagine that, but in the like temperature of base camp Everest. <laughs> Yeah, at like minus degrees. Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing. Brian did have a shower that day. Yeah. And like the Sherpas didn't, I didn't put this in, but now you've kind of made me think of it. The Sherpas like didn't want him to because apparently they are kind of, um, uh, oh, what's the word? It's gone right out of my head. Um, where you're like, you do things a certain way because you don't want bad things to happen. Rigid. Oh, superstitious. Superstitious. Why could I not think of that? <laughs> yeah, superstitious. And they view showering the first night at a new camp as like bad luck. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Brian had a shower anyway, though, because he was just like filthy. I would but, I would listen to that though because I I really struggle same. with superstitions and I'd just be like I think it must be because of the anxiety. Yeah. It's like definitely. why on earth would I tempt any bad luck onto myself? Yeah. It's like I have like struggles with OCD, so yeah, superstitious stuff is yeah. my jam. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> The jam I don't want, but nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. I refuse to teach the girls the magpie rhyme. Mm, because it has been yeah. the bane of my bloody life. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brian kind of afterwards thinks maybe he should have listened to the Sherpas. Because <laughs> uh, as the evening wore on, his headache just turned into this massive head cold. Um, exacerbated by the high altitude. Yeah. So he said he barely slept from coughing and blowing his nose and like the pain in his head. And it wasn't helped because at 5 a.m. he had a video call scheduled for one of his sponsors. Oh, yeah. So it was that too. Um, Partway through the call, the internet coverage cut out though, which he said he was not upset about. So thankful, I bet. Just like, oh, "Oh, well, what a shame. I'm not (laughs) going to try and get that back. Yeah. Um, he spent the rest of that day shut in his tent, just trying to feel better and like sort of sweat it out. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, there was another good luck ceremony, which the Sherpas did. So sort of drag Brian out too, because they didn't want him to be left out. I get again, like superstition. And it's like, we've now got to cleanse the bad luck you've bloody given yourself <laughs> in the shower. Exactly. <laughs> but he felt like awful through it he just like sat on the ground and like waited for it to be over um, before crawling back to his tent like as soon as he could um and, and yeah he went back there to ring joanna for some comfort That's so sweet. yeah he said he just wanted to hear her voice i um, so get that because if i feel unwell or have a shit day or something all i want is josh yeah and i love that he like they have that it's just like and it's not a silly thing to have it's just like mm-hmm. like when exactly. you're a kid and you just want your mum and it's just like yeah. yeah i mean i'm an adult and sometimes i'm like that like if something <laughs> really shit has happened i'm just like i just need to like ring mum and yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah um but yeah he rang joanna and had a video call with her yeah um but she said on the call that his forehead was looking swollen Oh, and yeah, 
Brian, like, kind of after the call, sort of, you know, like, mentally checked himself over, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and was like, okay, yeah, I seem to be dealing from the high altitude cerebral edema. <gasps> so, yeah. Um, oh, it was no. also, um, in my opinion, fate. It was the 13th of April. <laughs> so, you know, just everything shit's happening on a 13. <laughs> I love Friday the 13th. Oh, God. Um, but yeah. Brian, how worried his wife must have been. I know. But yeah, Brian decided that he needed to go to a lower elevation the next day. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he descended slightly ahead of the group because um, the descent had been scheduled, luckily, anyway. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, but he still wasn't feeling better through the low elevations. Though he said he felt like at peace. He wasn't frustrated. He was just like, it is what it is. Like, if it doesn't get better, it doesn't get better. I mean, that can be um, the lack of oxygen in your brain. <laughs> yeah. um, I know I when I choked on that dinosaur as a kid, there yeah. came a point where I just stopped panicking. I was just like, yeah. oh, well. And, like, you just accept it. <laughs> I think he was meaning more, like, in terms of the trip. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, just like, I'll, oh, well, if I die, I die. Okay, fine. <laughs> he was, like, it not getting better, but he wasn't, like, irritated that it was, like, oh, maybe it's not working. Oh, I, I thought yeah. he was, like, oh, well, if it doesn't get better and I die of this cerebral whatever... <laughs> Yeah, no. that's that. That will that, be dark. <laughs> dark. Um, no, partway down, he called Joanna. Yeah, um, to see if she thought he should even try to summit or just turn back. Um, which again, just like oh, they're so supportive together. Yeah. Um. Oh, da, 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 da. yeah. He'd already decided with her, as as I said in part one, that in dangerous situations he wouldn't risk anything more. Yeah. Um, on the phone, Joanna's response to him asking if he should continue was, "I prefer life." Uh, she went on though to lay out Brian's two options in just like such an encouraging way. Yeah. She said like if it's if it was summit time and he felt well, she supported him completely and trusted his assessment. Yeah. Um, but if it's safer to turn back, then that's what needed to be done. Yeah. Uh, she said she was happy with either choice, so long as it was the most sensible one. Oh, and after, I know. After hanging up, Brian said he cried because just he was so grateful for her support. Yeah. And then she followed their call up with an email expressing words of encouragement as well, which, again, just like making oh, sure that there's that support. Yeah. Um, in the email, she said... I want to encourage you to stay to climb if you're healthy enough to do so without any unneeded risks, because that's what you're there for. I know you're homesick and we miss you greatly, but you have to focus on your task at hand. This climb is a once in a lifetime opportunity and we will always be here waiting for you. Yeah. Remember that I support whatever you decide. Your health comes first. If that's clear, then go for the summit. Even Emily said, I want daddy to come home, but I also want him to climb the mountain because that's what he wanted to do. We are all supporting you. just what an awesome relationship they have. Oh, God. That's yeah, exactly what you would need to hear. Yeah. Like, just, oh. Like, so, whatever you decide, you don't need to feel guilty for it. If you yeah. decide that it's too risky, you don't need to feel guilty for turning exactly. around. But, but if you want to that, give it a go, yeah, you don't need to feel like, guilty for that. Yeah, like, don't let 
feeling a bit ill and feeling homesick stop you like yeah. is that encouragement for both like yeah yeah oh um so yeah back at fourteen thousand feet brian was tempted into eating a bowl of garlic soup by one of their sherpas naga <laughs> garlic um, is really good for you yeah, though and like your blood pressure is. and everything yeah it is like apparently a really popular sherpa remedy for just like most illnesses yeah. like <laughs> yeah, it isn't it. actual like super it is yeah but he had like an entire bowl of garlic soup <laughs> and brian was just he said he was starting to feel really like fed up now he was like determined not to let his months of preparation go to waste like that easily um so I'm he's just stayed... thinking about his only four pairs of socks and he's going to be sweating out garlic oh god <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, um, he stayed at a lower altitude longer than the rest of the group. Yeah. Um, forcing himself to be patient and just like intent on beating this. Yeah. So I think that's what I love. It's like his determination is to not stop, not to push yeah. through something dangerous. Yeah. And not to try and measure himself by what other people are doing. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, this is what I need to do to get to where I want to be. So I'm going to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, thus began a long drawn out process of hiking back to base camp, then to high camp, continuing up to a peak at 20,000 feet or so called Island Peak. Okay. Um, where you have to traverse a horrible pinnacle structure where if you slipped, you'd fall a thousand feet. Uh, I'm yep. sorry, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they have to do that more than once. Uh, luckily, they only go to Island Peak once. Okay. Yeah um and then yeah after that they traveled onwards along sections where they needed roping together etc and then back to high camp Aww. um bill was also still being sick he was just like throwing up after every meal but refusing... like he should not be at that altitude yeah no he was refusing to slow down though can't the um, chirpers like you know bath stuff can like mm. be like you need to get out of here you've had too yeah. much mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not, but you'd no. want to. <laughs> yeah, I guess they can advise and be like, that's yeah. not safe. But yeah. Um, so after High Peak, yeah, they descended back down to a village called Chukung, yeah. where a lot of the party they'd been hiking with journey came to an end. So oh. now the only people left were those making a push for the summit. Yeah. Because so, um, like I said, a lot of people do just hike to base camp and like that's a big enough achievement yeah um, and i guess, I guess they've so. gone a step further they're at high camp yeah and i guess uh, a lot of people maybe only do base camp because of the cost as well yeah um so yeah brian and bill rested at fourteen thousand feet for two days before heading back to base camp um at base camp brian says whilst he was like lying in bed he could frequently hear the roar of avalanches going off in the mountains mm -hmm. and the cracking of the glacier shifting. I don't like that. No, no. Um, after two days, Brian climbed to camp one, uh, though Bill was too sick to go. Yeah. Um, the trek starts with a two mile hike over the ice of the Kumbu Icefall. Oh my um, God. Yeah, the icefall is quite unstable. It has blocks of ice the size of buildings able to fall easily. Oh, fun. Yeah. And it's possibly the most dangerous part of Everest. 
And as it's right above base camp, it has to be traversed over and over. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, there were 30 crevasses that needed ladders to cross them. No. Uh, some needed multiple ladders tied together to go over the drop. Yeah, if people have looked at our Facebook, our Instagram or our website, um, I put pictures up of some of those mm -hmm. multiple ladders. Yep. Absolutely horrifying. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, luckily, through most of the climb for Camps 1 and Camp 2, which he'd do later, there are fixed lines to attach to. So you are kind of roped onto something, but, you know, whether it holds is another story. Yeah. Um, yeah. After arriving at Camp 1, and this is where we now just, this last part of the episode really is me just showing how monotonous the acclam acclamation processes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, after arriving at camp one, it was back to base camp almost straight away. And I mean, like, as in same day, not Literally, even just we're here, turn around. Yep. Uh, the next day they climbed to camp two, then back down to base camp. Uh, this time Brian would need to stay at base camp for four days before it was safe to head back up. My God. Yep. After a long four days of trying not to go crazy from boredom, um, Brian was ready to head to camp three. Yeah. Uh, this involved one night at camp one, two nights at camp two, and then camp three. Um, sadly, whilst at camp two, uh, a hiker in another group on the mountain died from edema just outside of camp three. That's just horrific. Yeah. Uh, his name was Rick Hitch, and he was from California. Um, on his way to Camp 3, Brian says they passed Rick's empty tent where his body had been kept. Oh, my God. Yeah, just I can't imagine that. Like, that would oh. take as well, like, I know it's a really self-centred view of someone else's tragedy, but for me, it would just be as well, like, how can I just like keep doing this when there's proof of what can happen yeah that is true yeah i don't know how you'd not get just have that stuck in your mind yeah, yeah. um over the next day or so there were also several other evacuations due to oxygen deprivation see and i think with my anxiety like things like that and yeah. health anxiety and stuff like that I would be so paranoid every time I got a headache or short of breath yeah, or dizzy. Definitely, yeah. And then you'd make it worse. Cause that's what I always do yeah. is I then fixate and panic and then it gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So several evacuations due to oxygen deprivation and also somebody had to be evacuated cause they fell and broke both their wrists. <gasps> yeah. Just, <laughs> I know that's like quite a small injury compared to what can happen, but the idea of both your wrists, like, oh, that yeah. sounds so bad. But also, it's not an evacuation where they can just bring a helicopter up or take you to hospital. You've got no. broken wrists and you've got to make your way down. Yeah, presumably so, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, to get up to Camp 3, Brian had to climb Lutz Face or Lutzer Face. Yeah. Um, a near vertical wall of ice. Uh then continue hiking for a hundred yards or so. He says he was so fatigued and the elevation was so high by the time he was tackling that last hundred yards. Yeah. That he needed five second pauses between every step. That's, um, that would be maddening as well. Yeah. 
and his body felt like it was being crushed. Okay. Yeah. So just again, like, where's the fun in this? I know. <laughs> it does not sound like a good time. No. Uh, but at last, Camp Three, a few tents anchored to the side of the mountain, was there. Um, no, that just doesn't fire. compute no. those words. It took Brian half an hour to close the last 30 yards. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, at camp three, you need to sleep with supplemental oxygen. <clears throat> yeah, you have and... to sleep with an oxygen mask on. Yep. <laughs> and his tent, Brian's tent, was on a shelf cut into a 55 degree slope that <laughs> dropped for a mile down the mountainside. I the would end. not be able to relax enough to sleep. No. <laughs> and there's people that before all this as well did it without oxygen. Yeah. And without sort of all of these lines in place. And yeah, like. Utter, the human race uh, are literally lemmings. Yep. We are going to kill ourselves off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But not through anything like sensible. It's going to be, yeah, because we keep doing stupid Mass shit. stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, the next day, though, it would be going right back down to base camp. No. <laughs> yep. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. But after this, it would be their push for the summit. And that's where you just keep on going. Yeah. Wow. Uh, pretty much. Uh, well, they're climbing up and it's not coming back down again. Every yeah. camp they get to, they're on they to the next one. there. Yeah. Um, as Bill and Brian waited for a weather window to summit, uh, oh, and this was sad, an 82-year-old uh, Shailendra Kumar Upadhyay died in an ice fall um, whilst trying to be the oldest person to summit. That's really sad. And also, yeah. like, it's not even because they weren't fit enough. No, exactly, yeah. It's not because their um, body couldn't handle it, it's that they got crushed by ice. yeah. And hauntingly as well, another climber who possibly died from a heart attack was carried through camp at one point um, in front of Brian. I couldn't deal. Again, it's a selfish point of view, I know, but I couldn't deal with that much death happening around me. No, me neither. No. Oh, but like, yeah. It's not like one person on his trip. This is several people in several yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but still, on the 11th of May, they decided to begin their summit attempt, um, hoping to go for the summit on the, the 14th. Oh, my God. Yeah. They decided to bypass Camp 1 and go straight to Camp 2. Yeah. Uh, Bill was still being sick, though. Um, he so they really doesn't sound like he's up. I like know. They stayed at Camp 2 for two nights. And then on the 13th, Brian headed for Camp 3 alone because Bill was still just throwing up constantly. Yeah. Um, at Camp 3, Brian heard that a man from Japan had died near the summit the following Jesus! Yes. Yep. <laughs> just so many people dying just in this just in this sort of like few days that he was yeah. there. And like, just in the recounting of his story of trying to get yeah. to Everest, like let alone <laughs> all the other times it's tried. Like if no, similar yeah. levels happen, like it's just, it's, I can't wrap my head around it. Me neither. Yeah. 
the following day, Brian headed to the highest camp in the world, South Col. Um, on his way there, Brian dropped his goggles down the mountainside. That um, is not good. No. Luckily, they did like snag on stuff. So he had to go back down a little to retrieve them, but he was able to get them back. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, but he found that the inside lens had been cracked by the fall. I'm guessing that comes into play later. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my last, my next sentence is this seemed like a hassle, but no more than a bit inconvenient. It yeah. would in fact be the difference between an easy summit and near death. Oh <laughs> my God. Just yeah. like that. He shouldn't have had that bloody shower. No, exactly. But at least he survived. <laughs> so, um, okay, but, but yeah, that's at the difference the, between it being bad luck and a curse though. True. Yeah. <laughs> at the South Coal campsite winds were like intense. So Brian just stayed in his tent where he decided to rip the cracked layer out of the goggles to stop them fogging up. <sighs> um, unfortunately, he didn't realize that he had just halved his UV protection for his eyes. Oh, um, shit. And, yeah. and the UV light at the top of Everest is 100% higher than at sea level. Oh, shit. Yeah. I do feel oh. like, and it, I know it's going to sound like an asinine comment, <laughs> but you're taking the precautions of like packing two fucking sleeping bags. Surely something that is so safety focused as your goggles for mm. your eyes, yeah. you should have a spare. It's a good point, to be fair. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe he could have got a spare. Yeah. From, I don't know, some of the Sherpas or something and just didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I don't know, but I just feel like right. that is one of the things. If it's that crucial to your eye health and everything like that, that is yeah. something that you should have two of. No. Yeah. I don't think he knew no. that the UV light was that different. But I yeah. feel like it should be like in the information pack or something. Cause <laughs> are you summiting Everest? <laughs> <laughs> so you want to climb Everest? Yeah, they'll surely send you like an information pack on it or something. No, because it's not like one company, is it? Like you kind of just go with various companies. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Summiting Everest for dummies, like yeah. <laughs> available at all good bookstores. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the uh, UV protection of his eyes, the goggles they were the furthest thing from brian's mind really right now yeah because brian and pasang received a clear weather report over the radio and five hours later at 7 p.m they set out to finally summit everest how 7 p.m they're climbing it at night yep <laughs> so they could do the ouija board at the summit they could yeah but we won't know because that's where we're stopping this week because ah! I, I just couldn't fit the summit attempt into the episode. No, especially as it's been an hour and a half. Has it? Yeah. No. Oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, then. <laughs> yeah, I kind of blathered on about stuff I found interesting. but I mean, I've not been bored. So. Yay. That's saying something. And you haven't been being sick, so that's also good. Exactly. I do not get, like, Bill being sick for, like, weeks on end. Yeah. I cannot deal with being sick. 
Mm-mm. Like my worst fear is being pregnant and getting the hypermesis or whatever. Oh it's pronounced. God, yeah. Ugh. Like no. Yeah, my friend had that and it was yeah. awful. Yeah. So no. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will be back next week for the final part where we actually get to Summit Everest. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and find out what actually happens to Brian in this uh fateful, well, nearly fateful trip that I've been like breadcrumbing you along for for yeah, two yeah. weeks. <laughs> well, three weeks, because we recorded the first one two weeks ago. Yes, and then lost it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we awesome. will catch you all. Uh, well, I was going to say halfway up the mountain next week, but it is a lot more further, a lot more further, for God's sake. <laughs> it's a lot, lot further, further up. up than that. It is. Um, cool. We will, uh, yeah. See you later. See you next week. Bye. Bye.